It's 930 in 716. Shutdown, showdown, day 24. We do not believe in government shutdowns as a threat to innocent federal workers and as a tool for the president to use over and over again to pressure Congress. He wants Congress to solve this problem. Congress needs to solve this problem. And both sides say we cannot back down because that will set a precedent. That will set the tone for the next two years in the relationship between the Democrats and the White House. I'm Tim Wenger on 930 and 716. And yes, the partial government shutdown is on day 24 without a clear end in sight. And with Democrats and President Donald Trump still at an impasse over funding for the U.S.-Mexican border wall that he wants and they oppose. Congress is back for its first full week of legislative business since control of the House reverted to Democrats. South Carolina Republican Senator Lindsey Graham encouraging the president to reopen the government for several weeks to continue negotiating with Democrats. But listening to both sides, it just doesn't sound anywhere near an end. This week... There are Senate Republicans, the centrists, who were trying to find some solution, were shut down by the White House. We begin on the Democratic side of the aisle and the latest from Senator Dick Durbin, who spoke with George Stephanopoulos. It's time for those centrists to speak up in their own Republican Senate caucus and to tell Mitch McConnell the party's over. We want this to end. There's no excuse for the shutdown. The Republican-controlled Senate and a handful of senators will make that decision. So could you support some kind of an overall uh, compromise that would include more funding for the wall and, say, in return for protections for the Dreamers? Let me tell you, George, remember a few years ago when we had comprehensive immigration reform? We sat down, Democrats and Republicans, worked for six months with John McCain and Chuck Schumer and others in the room. We came up with a package that dramatically invested in border security. Democrats believe in border security. We do not believe in government shutdowns as a threat to innocent federal workers and as a tool for the president to use over and over again to pressure Congress. Put an end to this shutdown and put everything on the table. We were willing to talk about more border security when we were talking about DACA and Dreamers and coming up with a border security plan that made sense, not some medieval wall. But if you're for border security, then why not make some moves now? You know, one of the things the White House says is that the president in those meetings has accepted specific proposals from the Democrats, including one from you on detection technology at the border. Well, of course, and we offered $1.3 billion to start uh, for border security, but the president's numbers have been wildly different, $25 billion, $11 billion. Mike Pence two weeks ago offered us $2.5 billion within an hour. The president said, no, I won't take that. It's got to be $5.7 billion or nothing. We asked him, how are you going to spend it? Well, we, we can't give you the details on this. Is it a national emergency? Oh, of course it is. Well, how soon could this wall of yours be built? Two years? That's a national emergency? Come on, let's get down to business here. Open up this government tomorrow. The president can do it, and one phone call from Mitch McConnell can get it started. One way the president can do it is to declare a national emergency. Is that the most likely way out? I don't know if it is the way out or not. Uh, Presidents have been very careful in using that. When George uh, W. Bush faced 9-11, he asked us for national emergency powers. We gave it to him on a bipartisan basis, united as a country to fight off terrorism. But if this president is going to turn to national emergencies every time he disagrees with Congress, I'm against it. Let's make sure the branches of government are bound by the same Constitution. How does this end? I think it ends uh, when the Senate Republicans say we've had enough. 
We're not going to stand here and be blamed for this. We believe the government should be opened. There should be timely negotiations on border security after the government is open. Once the president realizes he's lost the Senate Republicans, we can roll up our sleeves, open the government, and get down to business. Meanwhile, on the other side of the aisle... Uh, clearly, you've seen a number of offers put on the table by President Trump. House Republican Minority Whip Steve Scalise. Uh, in fact, when the Democrats asked for a detailed breakdown of what that $5.7 billion would go towards... The Department of Homeland Security gave a very detailed breakdown, and it includes border security, it's wall funding, it's more border agents, it's more tools for our border agents who are being attacked at the border uh, by some of the criminals in this caravan. But ultimately, uh, when President Trump looked at Nancy Pelosi and said, look, you're stalling, you're stalling, you've yet to put a single counteroffer on the table to all the various offers the president's put on the table, Nancy Pelosi said no when the president said, if we go another 30 days, keep everything funded, even the things we disagree on, but at the end of that 30 days, will you be willing to negotiate on these areas where we disagree like the wall? And Nancy Pelosi said no, emphatically. Uh, ultimately, they don't want to reach a solution. Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, in every meeting I've been in, we've had three meetings in the Situation Room, George, with all the principal negotiators. Uh, many times I've seen the president willing to negotiate on the definition of a wall. He even said he'd be willing to let them ban cement wall structures. Uh, they say, he said he'd be willing to negotiate on how much it would cost, but he's got from our security experts a detailed breakdown of what it will take to secure America's border. Not one single time, George, has Nancy Pelosi or Chuck Schumer put a counteroffer on the table well except a dollar. Nancy Pelosi said a dollar. That's not serious. We all know that. One of, one of the arguments they make, as you know, is the president promised uh, again and again and again during the campaign, I think some 212 times, that Mexico would pay for the wall. So why should taxpayers foot the bill? Well, they, they've never been concerned about whether or not Mexico would pay for the wall. They've just been against the idea of a wall. You can call it a wall. You can call it steel slats. The name's not important. It's the strength and ability to secure the border in between our ports of entry. Right now, we can control who's coming in at ports of entry. It's those hundreds of miles where there's no border, there's no wall uh, to differentiate between the Mexico and the United States border. And we're seeing, by the way, we're seeing over 90% of the heroin that comes into our country comes in through the southern border. Yeah, but there most of that, as you know, comes through... thousand criminals, George. Most of that, as you know, comes well, in through valid uh, points of entry. I want to move on now. The president That's also, the areas we know about. We don't know about what's come across in the areas where we have Well, that's no where the 90% figure comes from. Well, but look at the 17,000 known convicted criminals, people with prior convicted criminal backgrounds that came across our southern border just last year. Those are only the ones we know about, George. So we know what's coming across our border. There's human trafficking. There's crime. There's hardened criminals, gang members coming across our border. We need to protect it. If they say they're for border security, which they say, but they're yet to be willing to put a dollar offer on the table for what it's going to cost to secure the border. We all know there's a cost to this. They've got to put a counteroffer on the table. The president tweeted out yesterday that he has a plan to end this. Do you know what that plan is, and would you support a declaration of national emergency? Well, the ultimate plan is for Congress to solve this, and the president's been very clear. Congress needs to solve this. The only people that have been unwilling to put any kind of offer on the table have been Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. Uh, the president's put multiple offers on, on the table. We don't want it to come down to a national emergency declaration. Clearly, the president's got authority under law, 
But he said he doesn't want it to come to that. He wants Congress to solve this problem. Congress needs to solve this problem. He said, he said. Now, what an analyst says. It's not about money. If it was about money, they could solve the problem in half an hour. Political strategist Steve Roberts. If it's not even a, a debate about what's the best way to protect the southern border, if that were the subject, they could finish it probably in an hour and a half. This is a debate. Uh, this is a standoff of political wills and political symbolism. That's why it's so hard to reconcile. You have a new um, uh, landscape in Washington as of the last few weeks. You have Democrats taking control of the House for the first time. They are determined to show their strength. And the president is determined to show his strength back. And both sides say we cannot back down because that will set a precedent. That will set the tone for the next two years in the relationship between the Democrats and the White House. And that's why this is so intractable. It has absolutely nothing to do with the federal budget and nothing to do with uh, uh, spending priorities. It has to do with political symbolism. That's why it's so difficult. And we do have a new poll out this morning, an ABC Washington Post poll, which shows that in from the political point of view, Democrats are winning the public relations battle. 53% uh, in our poll blame Trump and the Republicans for the standoff, and only 29% blame Democrats. But The president doesn't seem to be bothered by that. He doesn't look at the polls the same way other people do. He is only interested in his core supporters, and they clearly have not wavered in their uh, support for him, and so he's happy. Now, Steve, that poll, it also asks about a border wall, and aren't those numbers up? Uh, Slightly. That's a a fair point. Um, About 8% increase over the last year favor of border wall. So that tells you that the president's uh, rhetoric uh, has had some marginal effect in changing public opinion. But the majority still is against a wall. Um, And um, a majority, a vast majority, is against the notion uh, of declaring a national emergency uh, by more than two to one. Um, uh, people uh, object to that, including a lot of Republicans. Because, you know, if you were to declare a national emergency and say we're going to use other pots of money to build a wall, well, every dollar in the federal government is already spoken for. And so people who defend the military budget say, hey, don't touch our military spending to fund a wall. People who or care about uh, disaster relief in their home districts are saying, hey, don't touch our money. We need it uh, in in our districts, including a lot of Republicans. So the president is really boxed in in terms of his, uh, his alternatives, but he is very determined. He believes in the end that his uh, hardball tactics will win the day. But so far, um, Democrats do seem to have the political advantage. Well, you mentioned the uh, shutdown mostly politically driven in that sense. Do the poll numbers really matter, and should we expect the polls to really uh, go one way or the other? Because both these sides are pretty set on what they believe is right and right. where they're going to be on this issue. Well, that's correct. And as, as, I, as I was saying, um, why this is so intractable and why this has become the longest shutdown in history is that uh, both sides are trying to figure out the new power balance in Washington with Democrats now controlling the House of Representatives and Nancy Pelosi being Speaker. So they're probing, they're testing, they're weighing, they're, they're arguing, they're 
and, and, and everybody is trying to see how does this new power balance work. And, every, and both sides, therefore, think that it's absolutely essential that they show maximum strength, maximum determination, maximum resilience in the face of this new landscape. And that's why the situation is so paralyzed, because um, both sides feel they have an absolutely uh, in, important incentive um, to be rigid here and be powerful here and not show any kind of weakness at all. Now, you know, and traditionally in, in Washington, compromise was not a dirty word. But today in Washington, it is. And nobody wants to seem to be the first to break, the first to bend, the first to negotiate. And that's why it's so intractable. Lindsey Graham this weekend, uh, Steve, he was talking to the president, trying to get him to at least reopen the government and then negotiate for the border wall. Do you think that's a, a dead end? Well, the president says it's a dead end uh, because I think he would see that as a sign of weakness. He would see that as a concession. He would see that as giving in to pressures. Now, one of the moving parts here um, is the fact that not, you know, uh, even um, publicly, some Republicans are uh, not uh, lining up with the president. But privately, there's a growing sense of unease that this is a losing strategy. Um, you have a number of Republicans in um marginal states who were up for re-election, Cory Gardner in Colorado, Susan Collins in Maine. Um, but also you have other Republicans like Lindsey Graham, who's in South Carolina, not really in danger of losing an election, but who just think that this, in the long run, is going to hurt the Republican Party. It's going to brand them as an intransigent and um, obstructionist party. And uh, uh, so there are splits in Republican ranks, but so far, no one has been able to shape or shake the president in his determination. All right. Um, you know, and that's uh, that's where we are. It's time for a prediction, Steve. Uh, when we talk to you this time next week, will the shutdown still be going on? <laughs> I think the answer is yes, um, uh, because uh, I don't see cracks in either facade. I don't see pressures um, that are really going to make a difference. Now, if and when people start losing government benefits, only 18% of Americans told our pollsters that they've been affected at all by the shutdown. If that number grows, then politicians are going to start to feel the heat. But in the next week, I think when we talk next Monday, we're going to have the same conversation. Talk to you on Day 25. That's 930 in 716. We're back tomorrow with another edition from the studios of WBEN Buffalo.